I'm going to read with you First uh, John verses 5 through 7. Light and darkness, sin and forgiveness. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out our truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, who purifies all of us from sin. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, thank you for being that light, for being pure, and for walking with us. Lord, help us to look into the light. Help us to lift up those places within us that might be in the darkness still. Help us to claim those sins and to know that even through those dark parts of us, you can wash us clean. You can help us to embrace those parts of ourselves and to learn that we can bring them to you. We can set them at your feet and you can help us to resolve all things. So Lord, help us to have trusting hearts in you and help us to take a moment to lift those sins up to you. Lord, we're thankful that we are washed new. And Lord, we just pray that each and every one of us here, Lord, that we do not deceive ourselves, but we know that we are faulty and that we have sins that we must learn to overcome. But through this work, Lord, you can reveal yourself and we can be called your children and claimed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God from blessings Praise God from all blessings. Praise Him. 
before we head off to Sunday school. All right, how's everybody doing today? Good to see you. We have a uh, exciting, uh, I guess you could call it a presentation <laughs> that we're gonna do right now. For, well, since January, the leaders of, of the church have been meeting, have been gathering, have been praying about, mm, after 65 years of strong legacy as as this church in this location, what is the Lord calling us to next? Where is the Lord ahead of us and among us now? So the session, the elders of the church got together and they went through a whole process. And one of the, one of the key strategies moving forward was to identify directors of ministries that would come on very part-time on the staff to help lead our church forward in key areas, in, in key ministries that we identified. And what we're going to be seeing today is the, is the team is going to come forward. You'll see who they are, and they're going to take a very, we don't have a lot of time, so they're going to take a very short minute to, to say hello. Um, you can see their faces. You can see the passion that they have as it comes out and starts to greet you. Uh, and then they're also going to give you a way that if you hear something or you see uh, the person that you want to maybe work with or a ministry that excites you, they're going to give you a way that you could jump in and also start to serve in the church. Okay, so let's go ahead. And if you are here, if you're one of the directors of ministries, would you come forward now and join me up here? And as they come up, would you give them a hand? Gia, can you start the PowerPoint? I know it takes a long time to clap because there are just a lot, of, a lot of people coming up. But you are faithfully clapping the entire time. That's really impressive. Oh, and it got louder. So what we're going to do right here is they're going to briefly start with just saying your name because some people are new enough they don't even know your names. And then there's going to be a little uh, slide on here that will tell you a little bit about who they are, what ministry they're doing, and then how you can get involved. So Shana, I think it's just the youth ministry. Okay, well, most of you know me. I'm Shana Caseby, and I am the director of the youth ministry. Okay, well, uh, as you know, I've been working with the youth group, and we have been meeting pretty regularly since January. Basically, I'm focusing on helping the youth group to see their role in God's story and to understand that, you know, God is the author of their life and they get to co-create with him. 
So we want to create a space here where they can um, work that out and see what that means for them. Uh, if you guys like to bowl this Saturday, we are going bowling as a youth group. We're going to host it. And then we will be going back to our Saturday meetings where we'll meet weekly. So if any of you know young people um, that you want to connect uh, to God, please direct them to me and I can start praying for them and we can see how that uh, plays out. Um, I think that covers it all. My email address is up there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Argel Chaiz. Um, my, my wife, Juanita. Um, um, we work together. Uh, uh, we're in charge of discipline and evangelism. So um, what I try to do is work together, um, getting the church together, both congregation uh, in Spanish and English congregation, to, to get uh, make a one team, one heart, one Jesus in our heart. So we can we can reach uh, more people uh, teaching about Jesus Christ. Uh, also, um, we like to well, we started already working with a rescue family um, uh, two weeks ago already. We're trying to get in volunteering. So maybe the, the old church can be involved in this. It's one of those uh, uh, key to find up uh, to share the love of Jesus with other people who don't know Jesus. So it's, it's, this is, uh, for us, is uh, something very special, very powerful in our heart to fill in uh, the more, more people need Jesus. So, um, so we need the church together to work together to reach all, all the, the guidance for the Holy Spirit when, what the place he wants to be. So I ask for the church, let's go together guided by the Holy Spirit anywhere. Thank you, Arhel. And you can see on September 11th at 7, they're planning to have a meeting here on campus for anyone that wants to help give ideas um, and our efforts moving forward. And then you can see their emails also on there if you want to, if you feel like you might be a good fit for any of that. Thank you. Okay, next we have Felipe. Over here. Uh, so, um, yeah, my name is Felipe. <laughs> I'm still trying to find my ministry in church. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> I do the music. As you know, um, every Sunday uh, we are here um, praising God together. Uh, this is our mission, to unify our church in one voice, praising the same God, preaching the same gospel. And uh, at the same time, we're preaching the gospel to everybody else when, when it comes when uh, it's visiting or anything, we are preaching the gospel, preaching the, the, the same doctrine, proclaiming the goodness of God. And um, so if you have any talent, if you sing, if you play any instruments, talk to me. Don't be afraid. <laughs> we want to make this group and this band stronger, not only in the musical areas. Uh, we, we're trying to also build something strong in the, the, the base uh based in the Bible, based in the gospel, and uh, yeah. So if you, if you have any talents, talk to me. 
We are getting together every Thursday um, at 7. We have rehearsals. So, yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> Good morning. Um, uh, my name is Leticia. Uh, my ministry is care. So, actually, I've been kind of doing this uh, for quite a while. Um, I need to take care of one of one other. Um, if you know anybody that needs anything or help with elderly, and this is kind of like connection with the whole group, um, especially with Shana, with the youth group, I, I would love to, um, for the kids to be involved, to take care of the, the elderly if they need something at home, or if you know, or, or if you have plenty of time, feel free to contact me or there is going to be two groups, like for the Spanish and the English service. Um, there's going to be two moderators and uh, you can contact them when we let you who they are. And uh, But if you know any volunteers or if you want to be a volunteer, feel free to contact me. Thank you. Thank you. Bisnia. Uh, Um, my wish is the kids, uh, they came to the church with the passion. They, they want to, they want to, we spend every Sunday all the time to, to the church, you know. They, I want, they have the passion for, for the church and they growing with that. Because I know it's very hard for them when they're high school and college in the, in the prep. But I know they need to grow in with that thing to very, very well. Um, but it's a challenge for the parents. It's not for the parents. I have a 13-year-old who's very hard in, in, in high school. They know different things. They don't want to know the learn from other families or the other kids, but they don't. I want they have the, the, the passion for the church. They, they say, oh, I want to go to the church. I want to I wanna work in the church, you know, because I want to. Um, I am. Yeah, I invite you. Uh, I bring your kids every Sunday and every event we have uh, with your kids. With your kids too, sometimes when they need it, you know, because if the parents know with the kids, the kids don't care. The kids don't know, but the parents need to be with them too, uh, doing the stuff for the church or for the for, for the kids. Uh, if you need us, we are with Walter, my husband. Uh, we're together, but uh, yeah, anything you need. <laughs> Valley. Uh, we love this place. We love this church. Um, we want you to, to move together, to work together. I'm, I'm 
glad. I'm happy to see your friends and see many people. And we have to move on. And the children are the present and the future of, of the church. With the kids, they are alive. So we want to work with you. It's very important that we show up help without you we cannot work we cannot move so please please uh, we need people we need parents we need teachers we need we need help okay? yeah and so on 28th at 6 um, for all people that have been volunteering before in our Sunday school program and for people who think that might be something they could do moving forward. You just heard Walter and Lucinia talking about the need for us to rally around our children. There'll be a uh, time for you to come and, and see what that might look like, 6 p.m. on the 28th. Thank you. Kenny. Hi, good morning. Uh, I'm Bhageshri Kenny. You might have not some of you might have not met me before because post-COVID we haven't really been here. This is our first time, so we are very excited to be here. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, so I'm going to be the director of digital ministry. And uh, as you know, in the past year, we definitely must have had to rely on technology to get in touch with God <laughs> in some way or the other. So if you think you are a technology ninja, rock star, you can definitely contribute in any way. And if you think you just don't know anything or anywhere to get started, but you have that desire to serve in this ministry, please reach out to me. And a great start will be, of course, the email, I think, or just meet me after the service, and I'm here to you know, help you to get on board. Thank you so much. also stepping into a new role here at River of the Valley. I will be stepping into the role of Director of Discipleship. And discipleship, it's a relational process where a more experienced follower of, follower of Christ works with a newer believer and helps them to understand the commitment and the basic skills to know Christ and to obey him as our Lord. So we are going to be starting some programs here. Well, we have programs already in place, but we're going to be structuring them so that those discipleship skills and the dimensions of discipleship are highlighted, and, and we're really developing those here in our community. So if you're a member of our small group, uh, we have like four or five of them that are meeting throughout the week. They're incredible. If you're not a member of one of those, join them. You will. That's where your friendships will really blossom at this church. So I encourage you, there's one that meets Monday, uh, Thursday, Sunday, right after service, and I'm probably forgetting a few. I may have put them up here. And then I am also going to be um, having a meeting. I have September 11th up here right now to um, connect with people that will be um, comprising our core clusters, and this will be more of a one-on-one -on -one ministry to help those that are 
interested in discipleship and want to bring that more into their life. So uh, you'll be hearing more about that as it gets closer, and I'll be reaching out to some of you. So um, my name's Shana. Again, if you have questions or if you want to get involved with that, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, so that is the new team of people that week in and week out are going to be a building structure around where we're going as a church. We, we uh, for the past couple years, we've been kind of like a wild vine that's been growing. Um, it's been strong. But now this is kind of like the lattice upon which this vine can grow up and find some structure and some organization. So let me pray for them as, as we move forward. Lord, thank you for each of these servants that you have called and you have equipped. And now, Lord, our prayer is that you would release them so that we as River of the Valley could fulfill your call and your ask upon us to go, to baptize, to make people into followers and disciples, teaching them to obey everything that you have taught us. And we know this is only possible because of your promise that you are with us to the very end of the age. And so, Lord, we, we lean on you now. May this new effort together be something that is pointing to you and that relies on you. And maybe in the weeks and months ahead when, when things are difficult or stressful, in that moment, may your spirit once again fall upon these leaders that they might remember who has called them and the power with which they have been called. Lord, we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. We're going to spend a, a moment now reflecting on the scriptures together. Right before I do this, I would like to pray that this would also be a time that now us, the Holy Spirit, would be equipping, empowering us to be able to understand what it is we're going to we're going to hear together. Let's pray. Lord, our prayer now is that your spirit would fall upon this, this gathering, your people, so that as we open your word, it would be something that we understand. And not just something that we can pack into our heads now, but something that will descend into our hearts so that we can better understand what it is, who you are, who you've created us to be, and to what you have called us. We ask this in your name, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is from Acts chapter 9, and we are jumping into right after um, a man is, is met by Jesus and is illuminated and is converted uh, to, to following Christ. Uh, the man's name is Saul. Um, he'll then also be known in the scriptures as Paul, but here we'll see the word Saul. And this is what immediately follows and Jesus coming and touching his life in such a way that, that he now will be a follower. He is converted, and this is what follows. Verse 10 of Acts 9. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. 
Lord? And Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, and placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Your life story is a unique storyline that narrates the power of God's grace. And this is the pattern throughout Scripture, that first grace comes into our life, that first grace touches us, and then we become people that share this grace. First, the love of God is known by us, is struck. And then we begin to share this love of God in new ways, in ways that are, are compelling, even, even world-changing. The power of grace, the power specifically of God's grace, that's where we're going to be focusing on right now. Paul had been doing what he thought was best with his life. He was based on his own views of the world. He was fulfilling two important roles. One was his, his place in the legacy of his people and his community. And secondly, his concern with fulfilling what he thought to be God-honoring. And the intersection of fulfilling that role of serving his community and, and serving God, the intersection, he thought, was rounding up Christians to persecute them. Rounding up Christians to put them in jail, and some even would be killed. The irony is, of course, we know in hindsight that this was the exact opposite action. The exact opposite action that was bringing glory to God. That in fact, as he was rounding up these followers of the way, what he was doing is he was trying to put a stop. He was trying to end the very movement that God had, had just initiated. The very revolutionary movement of salvation that Jesus had just put into motion with his life, his death, his resurrection. Yet, as Paul, yet as Paul, like, like us, could not get out of his own way, the answer that God has for this Paul and, and for us is not, is not to just sweep us to the side, is not to end us. The modern world today, if you find someone that's toxic in your life, what are the recommendations? 
unfriend, block, cancel. <laughs> Get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. Delete, yes. All, all the, we have plenty of words today for how to deal with toxic people. The power of God's grace is one that touched Paul and changed his storyline so that he would then become also this example, this communicator, and this vessel of the power of God's grace now becoming the reality in other people's lives. As Paul was out there doing the exact opposite that God wanted, so each of us in our own lives go through, go through that roller coaster where we find ourselves not always in a place that we wish we would have been. We find ourselves in places where we're not proud of what has happened. Now, there are also times in our lives when, like Paul, we don't even realize how far away we are from serving God, how God wants to be served. And still yet, and still yet, God's decision is to come to us with the power of his grace and that our story would be marked by this overflowing love rather than being canceled, rather than being blocked, rather than being thrown under the rug or cutting, being cut off from God or from the community that Jesus is forming. Each one of us, as we move through our lives, needs to wrestle with what it is that God is trying to do with us. And in Mark 2, 15, 17, Jesus, in his own life, living by his own example, was able to show the difference between what our culture would say is the right thing to do and what he would do. But it's not only modern, enlightened thought. In fact, Paul and his, his community of Pharisees had a very similar idea of what to do with people when they were toxic. As Jesus reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, and there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Does Jesus not know these are not people that we're supposed to be associating with? Does Jesus not know that we're supposed to put barriers between ourselves and these people? They're not supposed to be those that are sitting with us at table. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. What does God do with us when we show perhaps little interest in studying what he wants for our lives? What does God do even worse when we show disdain for the ways of the Lord in our life? Or we, we simply don't care when we hear what the Lord wants for us. What do we do when we, when we accidentally are not following what God wants? When even like Saul, with best intentions, are trying to fulfill 
the best life that God would have for us. And still yet, and still yet, we find our ways destructive for people around us. The only option that we have (laughs) that God has given us is for Jesus himself to come into our lives and just like with Saul, to illuminate, to be the light, to show up with the power of his grace and not a power that would force us into a new direction without caring for us, but rather the power that would sit at a table with us, look across and know our pain and know our suffering, know our deficits, know our weaknesses, know our struggles, know our past, know everything that we have done. Sit across the table from us, look us in the eyes and say, I have the power, I have the power to heal and to love you. The power of my grace. It's the power in which, even though all the stuff that we've done to destroy is there, I offer you a new life now. You can base your next decision. You can base your next decision in your life on that I love you completely and that I have a future for you and that as Shana said earlier, you can co-create with me, that you're going to be able to, to help me write a story of reconciliation in this world. As, as Jesus touches each of our lives, what, what the Christian finds is that our storylines narrate the power of God's grace over and over again. Our storylines over the course of years and decades in a life lived is like, is like a book that the Lord continues to write. You've heard me say that there is a Bible, but the story of the Bible continues to be written in your life. You are a biblical character. And the storyline of your life also is to point to the power of God's grace over and over again. None of us here are perfect. We have all failed. We have all struggled. And we are all under the same power of God's grace as we are lifted up into something new each and every day. We're going to be coming to baptism today. We have a baby Paul that's going to be baptized. And baptism is this, Calvin calls it a sign and seal of of God's grace and God's love. In that, as we're thinking about this storyline, that our lives are this storyline, baptism, I was thinking, is kind of like the binding of the book. It's like the copyright page of the book. It's like the cover and the title and the picture. Because in baptism, we are not having some magical moment where something is um, something is happening to Paul that Jesus has not already done. However, what we are seeing is it's like the storyline that Paul's life is going to have and that each of our lives has. You can turn to that copyright page and you can see who is the editor. You can see who is the publisher. You can see that the date <laughs> that Paul was that Paul was made and, and his story begins. You can see there, what is behind this amazing story that is being told in your life? God calls us to the waters of baptism 
in order for it to be a visible sign, in order for it to be something that as we touch these waters and we see them flow out, it'd be like the Lord Jesus himself here touching our lives. And while the waters that we put on anyone in baptism dry quickly, the power of God's grace never dries. Each one of us is called to know this powerful grace and to respond in baptism. Those are the great, the words of the great commission from Jesus. Go make disciples and baptize them. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is what we have been called to do as a people. Because these waters point to the reality that our storylines narrate the power of God's grace over and over again. And every time we come to the water of baptism, whether a baby here or we're outside in the pool, no matter what we're, when we're opening those waters of God's grace, it's a reminder to all of us that have already been baptized to what Jesus has been called. The church needs, the world needs now more than ever those who are going to point to God's powerful grace by the way that we're living our lives, by the storyline that is being written. We're in this space now as a church where you've seen these directors coming forward. We're ready to be a collection of storylines that are pointing to God's power, pointing to his grace and his love. So let's come once again joyfully to the waters of God's grace, to once again see this, um, this gift that the Lord has given to us, this gift of his grace.